Welcome to another edition of the Stoutcast with your guzzling connoisseurs, Bob Moffat, along with Nick Miller. And we are here at Track 7 in Sacramento, California today. And with us today is Ryan Graham, the brewmaster extraordinaire. So what do we have in front of us? Right now we have our Darkness Imprisoning Me. It's a Russian Imperial Stout that we had brewed as part of our sixth anniversary celebration. Okay, tell me about the beer. So it's a 13% Russian Imperial Stout that was brewed using uh, vanilla, cacao, and coffee, all as uh, central components of it. What is the goal of the beer? What do you want it to taste like, to smell like, to look like when it comes out? All right, so the part that was important for me was to have a beer um, that, that had that body that's real important for me on a Russian Imperial Stout. So you gotta have that viscosity, but do it in a way that's not overly sweet and it's not overly bitter or acrid. So you gotta balance the roast malts, you gotta balance the adjuncts, you gotta balance the, uh, the fermentation profile on the beer. Okay, tell me about adjuncts. So adjuncts are what we refer to as anything besides kind of the standard uh, ingredients that go into a beer. In this case, the adjuncts that we use in this beer are vanilla, coffee, and the cacao. We've had some interesting experiences with vanilla in the past. What have your experiences been what have you learned from them and what, how did you incorporate vanilla into the beer? So we've used um, whole Madagascar vanilla beans. They've gotten really expensive um, recently. Hmm. So that's a, a bit of a challenge. We don't typically get as good of a flavor contribution from the vanilla beans in whole. So over the year, this last year, as we've been messing with various ways of imparting vanilla flavor, we have gravitated towards a vanilla bean paste. So oh, wow. it takes those uh, vanilla beans that may not be as desirable on a, from like a, you know, an aesthetic standpoint, they send them off to a processing facility and then they puree them into a paste. And we feel like we get a much better vanilla flavor contribution from the, the bean that way. Easier to work with? It's easier to work with as well because we're not sitting down cutting beans in half or, say, or yeah. food processing them. And so the, all, the, the other part of it, especially as you get to be a, a bigger brewery, is the consistency. So with a paste puree, I can, I can have a, a more uh, consistent flavor profile with that vanilla than just relying on my staff to make sure that they cut the bean the same way every time. And if you've had to cut a, you know, 200 vanilla beans, it's not fun. And then taking the time to scrape all the, the seed in the pod is labor intensive it's tedious and when you got your you kind of your employees out there they're going to do it the fastest way they know how to do it which may not always be the the best way so th this takes all of that out of there <laughs> i'm envisioning like a guy like with a cutting board and like a steak knife trying to saw his way through a bean how how does that work exactly that's exactly you you, you just laid out the the mental imagery of, of what it looks like when we have our staff cutting vanilla beans it, it's labor intensive, it's, it's time consuming, and we, we found that it, even doing all that, we don't get as consistent a profile of vanilla, and we prefer the paste. The coffee you used, I know you use chocolate fish, but tell me a little about it. Yeah, so we've, we've developed a relationship with Andy and Edie over at Chocolate Fish going back for several years now. And in this particular, um, well with, with them, I, I tend to gravitate towards a particular origin it's a Honduran bean. Um, the their ro or their bean is called El Tontolo, mm -hmm. and we've been working with the way it gets roasted. I typically um, 
gravitate towards espresso roast and dark roast for my own personal consumption, mm -hmm. which always drives Andy and Edie a little bit kind of, you know, why you, why you over roast our coffee. But um, <laughs> we, with this, we did back down the, the roast character on it a little bit to kind of a medium dark roast. And um, with that, I think it, it softened out the, uh, the coffee character, a little less astringency than I got out of the mm -hmm. under construction. Um, I, I saw there was another one out there on the board. Um, oh, Soul Man. Yeah. That's like a staple of yours. Yeah, that one's yeah. one of our original stouts. It's a it's a foreign extra stout. It's It gravitates a little towards the sweeter side of things, um, given that it's, you know, it's, its origin history is that it's a, it was a beer that was brewed to, to appeal to the sweet palate of, you know, Caribbean Islanders. And uh, so they would export it from Ireland down to uh, to the Caribbean. So it's a little bit different. It's not like this. Um, and lower ABV. We use crystal malt in that. We don't use any crystal malt in this Russian Imperial. Some some mm -hmm. some, some really important stylistic differences, though. We've had some vanilla in the past. I think Nick liked the vanilla more than I did. What have you had experiences with other stouts that have incorporated vanilla? What did you like? What did you not like? So, I mean, we are a brewery that really enjoys balance in the way that we impart adjunct flavors. And so with, with doing that, our vanilla is probably not going to be as intense as some of the vanilla that you might um, have had from others. So it's, it's hard to say. Everyone's got their own style and their own technique and approach to how they want to do things. Vanilla is a really strong flavor it's mental imagery in terms of your rolodex that you go through when you smell it brings back a host of memories that are really powerful when drinking the beer because now all of a sudden you're not just thinking oh it's it's sweet with a slightly floral no it's what kind of baked goods did grandma make when i was growing up how does that <laughs> remind me of the cookies that i used to to eat or what does that do to yeah, so you get a more vivid mental imagery, and I like vanilla for that reason. It's it's really powerful uh, as as kind of that component to it. Did you have like to go back to like grandma's cookies and stuff? But I know this is like a one-off special beer, right? That was brewed for your sixth anniversary, correct? On New Year's Eve. Yes. So and uh, and you had a cool project where every brewer at the at the at the company did their own beer. But I kind of want to hear the story behind that, and then the story behind like why you this is the beer you chose, I believe, right? Correct. So yeah, tell us the story, Ryan. I want to know the story behind this beer. So the the story behind the project is that we really have four of us that are in creative roles within the brewery. We have Jeff, my business partner. We have myself, but we also have our two head brewers, Dan, who's here running our production floor at Curtis Park. And then we have Jared, who's our production brewer, head brewer up at uh, Natomas. And Dan and, uh, and Jared don't often have as much input into the creative process, but yet they do the majority of the actual day-to-day -day brewing. And so we wanted to find a way that was able to really positively outlet you know, their, their creative efforts into a project. And so we got a four diverse beers out of the project. And so for me, Brewing a big Russian Imperial Stout has been a, a project that's been on my radar for this whole year. The first, the first beer that we made was originally supposed to have been this beer. I wasn't completely happy with the way it came out. 
And so that was the beer that we released as under construction back in November. Okay. So that beer was great. It's it's aged nicely. It's it's held up really well, and I'm very happy with the way it came out. But there were some subtle and small tweaks to it that I really wanted to explore, and I believe we hit those notes the way that I wanted to on the second batch. And I'm not a stout brewer. This is this is not my forte. I do a lot of IPA, and that's that's always been where I focused most of my creative efforts. I've brewed probably over a hundred different, you know, different types of IPAs here at the brewery and thousands of different batches. It's so this is maybe our fourth unique stout. And oh, wow. so, but we, we know what we're doing in that sense of things where we're dealing with brackets of information and, you know, kind of bracketed decisions to make. So we're not completely off, off base. We, we, we do have a pretty good sense of knowledge in that respect, but I'm very happy with the way this one came out. Well, and as somebody who doesn't like IPAs, I'm really happy, no matter how it comes out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> let me let me ask you something about about the 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 way that you're selling it. I'm seeing more of these four packs with the plastic thing on top, which sort of looks like the thing that goes on top of the video game at the store that you have to rip apart, and if you walk out, then it beeps. I mean, why why is this the new thing as far as how it goes together and why are we why are the four packs now becoming a thing instead of just being able to get the single beer okay so there's a lot of questions there um <laughs> that's my forte the 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 pack tech as you've uh, described is the little plastic guy that holds all the cans together those were a solution that were innovated as a as a kind of a response to two things. One, incorporating a packaging material that's mostly made of post-consumer recyclable material. In this particular instance, they're 95% um, recycled materials that go into this pack tech that we use. They're innovating newer versions that are more like 99%, almost 100%. Um, they're a little bit lighter, a little bit thinner. Uh, and so we're gonna be exploring those as options as well. The nice thing is that they hold the cans together really well versus those, you know, the, the dolphin killers, the little plastic <laughs> um, rings that you would have to kind of cut apart. These hold better than those. So that's kind of the packaging um, respect. The, the hard part is that because they hold them together, you get, we do get some complaints about people's difficulty getting them split apart. They're a lot easier if you kind of learn how to roll and pull them. Um, instead of just kind of trying to pull at it. Yeah. But that's kind of one of those things that you get to using over time. As far as why they're more popular and why you're seeing more of them, I wouldn't say that they've become more popular recently. They've always been popular in different parts of the country. You know, the East Coast and back East is almost exclusively the 16 ounce cans, especially in the craft side of things. And so I think really where you're seeing some of that is the migration of that trend from East to West. We've been kind of split here on the West Coast between 12 ounce cans in six pack form and four packs of 16 ounce cans. And when we started, we did a lot of, and we still do majority of our products are 12 ounce cans and a six pack form. So those are kind of two considerations. I think the reason why you're seeing more breweries though offer the four pack is that you're seeing a couple things. One, the 22 ounce bomber as a packaging format, which used to be kind of the most popular way to sample product, has kind of fallen by the wayside. They're heavy to ship. Um, they're a larger amount of, of liquid in a particular serving vessel. 
So if you want to open it, you got to have 22 ounces as opposed to 16 or 12 ounces at a, at a given time. And so from that standpoint, it's a better package for consumer. It's also got the benefits of aluminum where you don't have UV light penetration to um, the, the aluminum is lighter for shipping. I can ship almost 30% more on a pallet with it being a can versus a, a, a glass bottle. And then lastly, uh, aluminum is infinitely recyclable, whereas glass is not. And so from a, a post-consumer waste recycle standpoint, you get a, you get better, you get a high, well one, consumers have a higher propensity to recycle aluminum than they do glass. And then two, you can re, you can con you know, continue to reuse over and over aluminum. Okay, but if I want a single, if I want to try a beer and I don't like the beer, this has happened. I have yeah. three of four cans sitting in my refrigerator right now because I didn't like the first one and I haven't figured out what to do with the other three besides give them to Nick. Okay. So, stop so, be, stop being so picky, Bob. So, as, as a consumer, is there, is that not sort of going against the idea of allowing the consumer to, you know, try one and if he likes them, then to have three more? Well, so, you know, the idea that you're seeing a lot of bottle shops that sell four packs gravitate towards breaking them apart and offering them in a single to um, to their consumers. So that is happening in some small way. There is also the consumers. And I think this is where you, you gravitate towards brands a little bit more is that if you say, hey, Ryan, I don't like IPA, then probably a four pack of my IPA is not going to be the right beer for you. And so you probably wouldn't want to buy a four pack that way. I but, know that going in. <laughs> see, and, but, but consumers are becoming equally cognizant of what breweries are doing what in you know the right way for them. And the other part is that you'll get a, a, a group of people that'll go, hey, look, I'll buy a four pack and I'll divvy them up to my, my four friends. And so each got you know a can. And so there is some of that. And the consumer gets to make that choice for themselves about how they want to best enjoy their product. But at least I feel these in the cans, myself and for my own personal taste, is a better mechanism for delivering that product to the consumer than a 22 ounce single service bottle. Let's taste this thing. Okay. Very little foam. Is that indicative of the Imperial Stout typically or? So usually have a little more than that, don't you? So the stout is, we, we carbonate our stouts to lower volumes of CO2 than you would otherwise in an IPA or a pale ale. So you're going to have, um, yes, less CO2 in there. But as far as foam, I poured it with a, with a proper serving head uh, to it to give you that creamy you know, mouthfeel and that texture as you're drinking it. But really, you don't want that carbonic acid, which is what CO2 um, dissolved into solution within the beer will present itself so it'll add bitterness um, and a little bit of extra bite so you want really that smoother um, flavor profile that you get with lower co2 levels in a beer i learned something new today all right i'm gonna try some of this yeah please do i mean the first thing i think about is you talked about balance earlier and i really do think you like you got the vanilla, the cacao, the coffee, the interplay of the three is, is tremendous. I think you, you get a nice lingering, I think like sort of breakfast coffee taste, mm -hmm. but you get a little sweetness in the front. Um, you know, the, 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 the cho none of it, none, none of the ingredients overwhelms, but they all have a nice roll. Like, how, how do you do that? Man? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no, uh, there's no magic, uh, 
you know, formula to follow. Each we're using a lot of natural ingredients, and some ingredients go through variation in you know profile because a growing season or a harvest. You know, uh, we have been working with chocolate fish to dial in the the coffee roast a little bit more to to my liking in particular. Um, I. I do want to try to get round and robust coffee flavors without those astringent characteristics that you can get from coffee. Um, I think vanilla overdone can be a little a little too off-putting, so I tried to um, keep it balanced with the chocolate. And the very first tasting notes that I wound up, you know, pulling out of this beer when I was first trying it, it was that it smelled and tasted like brownie batter, and <laughs> that's what I, I it had like a really nice rich chocolate characteristic with the vanilla you know subtle sweetness and then yeah it does it finishes with a nice coffee flavor to yeah. it so yeah the the vanilla is definitely sort of delicate you get it sort of in the back of your cheeks um kind of just like punctuates the beer and um you know i like a good sort of thick viscous sout but this this one's perfect it, it doesn't edge to that point where it's got like that motor oil barrel age thing going on. Um, and, and it hides the alcohol surprisingly well. Are we, this is a 13% beer we're drinking? Yes. I, I, let's see. Let's just verify my, my statement here. 13.3%. So, yes, that's correct. Yeah. I mean, I'm not getting a, an intense sensation of heat um, or, or a lot of booziness in the beer at all. I think, yeah, hides it really well. I, on the other hand, am sweating profusely. No, I'm just kidding. It is, you know, I, and I really, and Nick and I don't generally agree on stouts all that much. I mean, we have a different, a kind of a different palate, I guess. But I really agree with the the, the creaminess and the smoothness right off the get-go is really, really nice. And then you've got that coffee after. T- I, I guess is the, am I expect, should I be expecting to, to, to taste the vanilla and the chocolate right out of the chute i'm not getting a lot of chocolate is that by design okay um so i mean we all have different palettes and different flavor profiles and you'll sense different things at different times especially as it warms up temperature wise it also it also evolves with time as it ages so this beer is at this point almost two months old so you'll start to see some notes pick up and other notes kind of drop off or fall off or mature um i like more chocolate malt and chocolate flavor and balance with the coffee so it's not going to be like like a liquid milk chocolate bar so when you're when you're dealing with cacao and the flavors that you'll get from you know a, a, cacao, a cocoa nib or um, cacao beans is that you're going to get like the dark chocolate so you know think really amazing decadent chocolate from ginger elizabeth you got it's it's not what you're it's not like a hershey bar and that's and i think that may be part of what you're the differentiation and, and what you might be looking to sense well it, the the one thing that i always have a problem with whenever i try something new is when it promises something and then i don't get it sure. <laughs> or or maybe unfairly i'm expecting it i don't get it but and part of that comes to do with the labeling and the labeling says right here with coffee vanilla and cacao and you know what that's what you get you get coffee then you you get a little bit of vanilla then you get coffee and a lot of it and then the cacao is really it's a it's an ancillary item and that's for somebody who's looking for something that's on the label you know you can judge a book by its cover hopefully this actually delivers and and 
and pleasantly so. Yeah, and you know, I'm not a fan of coffee beers, but I love the coffee in this beer because uh, so often you get it too bitter or you'll have that barrel pepper from lack of proper execution. You get sort of that character. But this just feels like a good roast. And I mean, this is, you know, been, this is a month later than brewed, right? This was your anniversary beer. Right. So yeah, it's been in package for it's been in package for almost two months now. We released it after a month of, of basically aging it before it got released. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean the co- coffee is something that does kind of mute a little bit with time. The the chocolate actually I think matures nicely, and you'll get more round chocolate flavors as it continues to age. The vanilla is I'm not as experienced on the vanilla to say it, it falls one way or the other. But I think my general experience with some of them is that the vanilla starts to be one of the things that fade first. Interesting. So this is Darkness Imprisoning Me, Russian Imperial Stout. I see you have it on draft here. I know cans are still floating around town. Is this ever going to be brewed again, or is this go run and get it now before it's gone? So this particular version, we're sold out here at the brewery. Um, We have, I think, one keg left here on draft at Curtis Park. And we have a back stock of some of it, so we'll release a little bit of it throughout the year. But we're going to be doing other variants of it with other adjunct profiles. We brewed a batch of uh, a version of it yesterday that's going into bourbon barrels, and we'll have it ready in in uh, December. Uh, we brewed that with our uh, friends Kyle and Amy, um, and so there it'll be fun to have that out for Stouter Day in uh, 2018. So who's the Metallica fan? Who named it? <laughs> that would be me. I, uh, I do have this propensity to name beers that are um, done after songs that inspire me. And uh, this was kind of my, my project for the last year, was working within kind of certain parameters on making this work. And so it's kind of, it was my own little creative straitjacket until I could uh, to, uh, get it out on paper. Okay, that's it from track seven. Thank you again. It's a, it's a marvelous beer. Are we, shall we grade it now? Oh, this is A plus. This is this is this is the good stuff right here. This is the good stuff. The first ever A plus from Nick Miller. Phenomenally done. I I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ratchet down a little bit. I'm gonna go A minus. But I uh, and A minuses are good. Hey, I, I we're I mean you know we're in the same we're in the same letter. So for once, so f- fantastic. Again, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and now we're back in the Stoutcast Den. It's time to recap. I think Nick loved this beer more than life did. Life, let me try that over. And now we're back. We're in the Stoutcast Den. It's time to recap. I think, Nick, you liked this beer more than possibly life itself. I think oh. that's a fair assessment. <laughs> um, I really liked it. It was a little heavy on the coffee. But, oh, come on. But, but, but. But I appreciate that it said coffee and then vanilla and then chocolate. And you know what you got? You got coffee, you got vanilla, and then you got chocolate. It wasn't a surprise. You knew what you were going to get, and you got it. And as far as coffee stouts go, I mean, it's like it's it's really good. I'm not sure if it's exceptional, but it's really good. You, on the other end, are no, you're right, Bob. It's it's a tremendous beer. Like the, the commitment to quality ingredients, you know, by sourcing good uh, locally roasted coffee and then kicking it in there at a high level, like kind of like that espresso jet fuel. That's what I want from my coffee beer. 
Um, but having a nice chocolate backbone and that like those little delicate hints of vanilla sweetness, you know, a good mouthfeel, not too, not too like, uh, you know, like motor oil, you know, where it's like sticking on your, on your mouth, but having a good carbonation and good mouthfeel. And then at 13%, really hiding the booze well. I mean, I had a good rush and I had a good buzz when I walked walked into the, the, the room this morning. You only had half a glass. Uh, I, well, mean, a, yeah, I be, am a total lightweight. Buyer I mean. beware. If you drink two of these, you're not going anywhere. No, these are straight to the dome. Like, I don't know. But you may want to go somewhere, too, because you're going to have that coffee blast with the booze and the sugar. Like, I don't know what would happen if I solo domed one of these. It would be, let's just not even go there. Yeah, maybe tonight. Maybe that'll be the experience tonight. But anyway, once again, a, a huge thanks to uh, Track 7 for, for having us in. We greatly enjoyed the experience. We learned a lot. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for joining us here on the Stoutcast, and we'll catch you next time. It was cool. It was cool. It was cool.